0: Welcome to Six Again, your go to rugby league podcast with hosts Adam Hoy and Jared Newton. Let's kick off. All right, welcome into the Six Again podcast. This is going to be a different style of pod considering I'm here all by myself. My name's Adam. I am one of the two regular co hosts. I'm the Manly Siegel supporter, Jared. The Knights supporter is over in Perth still for a work function. And, whoa, Dragon supporter is at cricket training, having a bat. I think it's the first one of the year. So I'll be here to take you through all the headlines in the NRL and Rugby League world, NRLW as well. Uh, We're going to have a look at all the games on the final round of the NRL as well as round three in the NRLW. And before we do all that, though, I do just want to update some details on the footy tipping competition because a couple of people have written in with regards to confusion about when the comp finishes. So both the tipping and the street comp go through to the grand final. So Rocking Horse Road, you still hold a two-point lead. So don't slack off on the tipping just because the comp finishes the regular season this week. It will go into finals as well. And that, of course, is over at footytips.com.au. And our tipping comp is sponsored by Hop Nation Brewing Co., out of Footscray in Melbourne. All right, we're going to kick off with some awesome positive news for Benji Marshall. He has received the Order of Merit by Governor General of New Zealand, Her Her Excellency Cindy Cairo. So basically that means he is a Companion of New Zealand Order of Merit. So this is for his contribution and services to Rugby League. And... He received the medal at a prestigious ceremony in Auckland on Tuesday and who more so than Benji Mark deserves recognition like this. Uh, he said it was an extremely proud moment following his rugby league playing career and he did a shout out to have some of the one out there to support you part of it. Uh, it was a very proud moment for himself so congratulations to Benji who of course will take up an assistant coaching role with the West Tigers next year. All right. On other coaching news, Christian Wolf, a name that's been circling NRL head coaching jobs for quite a while, uh, will return home from England after the World Cup to join the Dolphins on a deal that's set to see him become the assistant coach there and succeed Wayne Bennett. He's a very successful coach or has been a very successful coach, especially in the Super League. He's on target to lead St Helens to their third consecutive Super League title after the club recently clinched the league leader's shield. He'll be an assistant, as I previously mentioned. Bennett said Wolf was next in line, quote, end quote, to take over from him as Dolphins head coach. Um, Bennett says Christian has done his time both as an assistant and a head coach and done everything right to deserve this opportunity. He's been an assistant at a couple of different NRL clubs, been a head coach in the Queensland Cup and, of course, over in the Super League. And he's pretty much the the, brain, the brains and the backbone behind the Tongan Revolution. So he's been the coach that's helped transform Tonga from Pacific Island Nation to basically uh, regular League powerhouse, having beaten New Zealand, Great Britain in 2019 and also becoming the first Tier 2 nation to beat the Kangaroos, of course, uh, in 40 years. Basically, he wants to bring his young family home uh, to Australia, specifically to Queensland. He's very excited about what the Dolphins are building and is going to be part of, obviously, the long-term plan for their coaching ranks. I'm really excited to see what he can bring to the NRL. Um, I'm excited to see what Wayne Bennett does obviously, for the Dolphins in their first season. And we kind of know Bennett's coaching style and how his teams play. Christian Wolf will be another breath of fresh air. And I think we need that in the NRL coaching circles because there seems to be a lot of positions each year and not always the talent to fill them. So someone with this sort of track record, hopefully, will bring, at bare minimum, entertaining rugby league, uh, if not successful rugby league. So it's going to be something to really look forward to. All right, moving on. Okay, Tyson Gamble. If you're not making headlines on the field, you may as well try and make some off them. And some of his comments this week have supposedly been blown out of the water. They were pretty straightforward if you've heard them online basically saying that the success that the Broncos have had or anything that they've learnt this year has actually come from Reynolds, Adam Reynolds, their captain, instead of actually from Kevy. He said that Kevy as a coach is very good at getting the team up and about and ready to play, but the intricacy, in, intricacies of the game, how the game works in the modern day, has pretty much all come through Adam Reynolds. And this is obviously of a player departing the club. Um, interesting and, and almost quite amusing to listen to. Uh, Adam Reynolds has come out today and said that he'd called Gamble after the comments came to air. He said that he was deeply apologetic and that he obviously didn't word his words as he wanted to. But even if he didn't, he's not an established NRL quality or level player. And, I don't know, sour grapes maybe or goodness of not being given an opportunity, I don't know. I don't know how many people are really going to, or should really take those comments seriously. Um, if it's coming from an established player, maybe a successful one, there might be a bit more weight behind it. But it's amusing nonetheless. Some people even call for him to be sacked or stood down as a Broncos player. Personally, that would be a positive for the Broncos. I don't see what sort of punishment that would be for the club. Maybe so for the player if he wants to continue to play. On to another Let's say, yeah, we'll call it. We'll call the gamble. Walters, let's say Andrew Voss, seeing a bit of a rivalry. This one here, steepest rivalry in Rugby League, Roosters and Rabbitohs. So we're going to cover the game a little bit later on, but the big story about Rugby League this week is the opening of Allianz after its huge development, its facelift, and having the two rivals battle it out, two foundation clubs, is going to be the best way to open it that the NRL could have planned for. The fact that it's the last game of the regular season for both clubs. The fact that positions are on the line uh, with regards to the NRL ladder. Um, so the winner of this will finish above the other. They're both on 30 points. Uh, Roos is in sixth position, Rabideau is in seventh. And for and against isn't gonna be an issue um, if they lose as in Canberra is not gonna overtake them even if Canberra does win. However, if the Eels do lose to the Storm tonight, and whichever one of these teams wins could ultimately jump into the fifth position. So, Rabbitohs could go, say, from seventh to fifth. Roosters could go from sixth to fifth. Um, if Eels do win, whatever plays out, Roosters and Rabbitohs will verse each other in the week one of the finals. Just depends whether it's at Allianz or at ANZ. So, obviously, lots on the line there. With regards to the stadium itself, sorry, I should have mentioned that the opening game will actually be a replay of the NRLW Grand Final between the Roosters and Dragons, then followed by the rematch between the Roosters and Rabbitohs. Considering both teams have been around since 1908, and since Grand Finals were introduced 92 years ago, East and South have only actually played in one decider in that entire run. And with Tri-Scoring Machine Benny Waring helping the Bunnies to a 12-7 win at the Sydney Sports Ground September 12, 1931, and... Benny Waring himself crossed for 186 tries in his 228 first-class game career, including 144 tries for the Rabbitohs. And that, was, that was the record that Nathan Merritt broke in 2014. Now, since then, they've obviously played out some awesome games, the Rabbitohs and Roosters. Um, There was that period of twice in a year where we had the last-minute wins and two players that were involved in that were Alex Johnson and also Daniel Tupo. Uh, Johnson's on 164 tries, and while Daniel Tupo needs just eight more four pointers to surpass Anthony Minicello as the Roosters' highest ever try scorer. Unfortunately, both of them will miss this round, um, which is a shame since they versed each other in 2014, 18 and 19, the last three finals meetings between these two clubs. So it's going to be a cracker. I'll definitely be up for that one. That's the second game on Friday night. And to me, definitely the blockbuster of the weekend, despite Parramatta and Melbourne going at it as I speak. All right, that's pretty much with regards to headlines. We're not going to touch on the Newcastle Knights stuff, Callum Ponga. There was never an issue or really a story for us in that one. A couple of old boys in the media throwing up a stink. But outside of that, Nothing really to write home about. Sorry about that, good old Hop Nation. Let's move on to some signings. So, Rabbitohs have been busy this week. Tane Milne, Isaiah Tass, outside back Isaac Thompson and back rower Ben Lovett have all signed new deals. All keep them at the club till the end of 2024. Mark Elson, who's the South Sydney head of football, said all players have shown they have what it takes to compete at the NRL level and want to lock them up before they look elsewhere. And... I'm not going to say big signing news for the Cowboys, but a very tidy piece of work. They've locked up Griffin Neem until uh, the end of the 2025 season, so adding an extra year on there. He's a 21-year-old. comes from the Cowboys New Zealand Academy um, before moving to North Queensland prior to the 2019 season. So he's a big, um, pasty white fella, hard runner, and has a nose for scoring a try, especially this season, um, works really hard going off the bench, and the Cowboys... Do not lose any go forward uh, in the rotation when he is there. For the Eels, they've confirmed the departures of Tom Oppachip, Hayes Perrim and David Hollis at season end. PNG born Recliffe back rower Jeremiah Sabinkin has earned himself an NRL contract with the Dolphins after moving from Canberra this season. He signed a three-year deal with the Dolphins that'll see him hold development contract status with the NRL team begins pre-season training later this year. He's in tremendous form in the Q Cup, um, thirteen tries in fourteen matches for Redcliffe, including eight tries in his last four games. And you know, with scoring going up, um, for Dolphins are out for any and as much firepower as they can get. Um, and we think we've already mentioned before that Andrew Fafita will call time on his Sharks career after ten years at the club. Probably most well-known for his crucial try in the 2016 grand final decider against Melbourne, which helped Cronulla get across the line there. All right, on the injury front this week, Rabbitohs have had a loss of sorts with coach Jason Dimitri testing positive for COVID. Men and he will miss the match as he isolates in recovery. Uh, Roosters will be taking no chances with Victor Radley and Daniel Tupou as mentioned previously. Radley had that sickening-looking concussion last week. Uh, and Tubo suffered a groin injury. Hopeful that they'll both be right to return the opening week of the finals. For South, Damian Cook, COVID protocols, and centre Campbell Graham uh, will both also miss the match. So a dummy half and a centre from one side, um, a fullback and a, oh, sorry, a winger and a lock from the other side kind of balances, balances things out a little bit, especially the form that Daniel Tupac has been in. For the Broncos, Adam Reynolds has been named to face the Dragons despite suffering a head knock in last week's loss to the Eels. Tom Flegler has also been included. Remember, he had that throat injury last week. Sel and Cobo will be back after being rested in round 24, but Branko Lee and Kobe Hetherington, hamstring and head knock, uh, will both be missing. For the Storm, game's already going to be over, but Tom Eisenhuth, we mentioned Previous episodes out for the season. Jerome Hughes will miss or did miss the match tonight with calf tightness, and that was one of the reasons I went for Parramatta. Penrith have rested most of their team for this week's clash, and we'll go through that. Hooker, uh, Apple, Cy Corrissair, and Spencer Lanu are the only injury concerns for the Premiers heading into the finals, but should both be back. Raiders have winger Nick Kotrick back on deck for their potentially must win clash against West Tigers on Sunday. Um, and all the rest with stuff that we'd mentioned previously. Uh, the only outstanding judicial matter that we hadn't covered was Ring Campbell-Gillard's. We know that Lindsay Collins and Brian Kelly will both be missing four weeks. Uh, Ring Campbell-Gillard was found guilty at the judiciary um, and he was fined $1,500. So the only suspensions to come out of last week were Asu Kapoa one match for a careless I tackle, Ryan Kelly, four matches, Cohen Hess, one match, and Lindsey Collins four matches. All right, I'm going to have a quick break there and then come back with all of the team list news for NRLW before we crack into the NRL team list as well. Pretty easy to see the game of the round for NRLW. It's the first one on the slate, Roosters vs Dragons grand final replay. Opening up the new Allianz Stadium, it's going to be an absolute cracker. Both teams are in awesome form. Um, If you haven't watched an NRLW game yet, get on it. It is such a good product. Um, And I find myself at times on the weekends watching these over some of the NRL games, depending on who's playing in the NRL, especially if they're non-finals teams. So these are two started sides. For the Roosters, late mail. Center Jess Sergis left the field with a hamstring injury last week. Only played 31 minutes, I believe, but remained in the team when the squad was cut uh, today. Sarah Togatuki and Jane Fressard, leg cut, as well as Sammy Bremner, all failed to finish the game against Brisbane, but are also all set to play. Jolie Morris is the 18th player. For Dragons, Chantelle Tugaga has been added to the bench after Taylor Holmes with a knee injury on Thursday. Rookie winger Andy Robinson impressed again last week and is part of a high-performing back line. We talked about that in the wrap-up show. The back five for the Dragons in Tonegato, Barry Brown, McGregor, and Robinson um, has to be up there, if not the best back five in the women's game. It's got speed. It's got rugby league IQ. It's got defense, and it's got skill. Um, not that the Roosters' back line doesn't. because You've got the all-star pairing of Jess Sergis and Isabel Kelly. Uh, With Sammy Bremner at the back, whose first two games back, looks as though she hasn't missed a step after two years out. Um, She's just incredible to watch. And then you have a look at the halves matchup for the Roosters. You've got Zahara Tamara and Racy McGregor, who was brilliant last week. Um, She's pretty much the conductor and just runs that Roosters side so well. And Rachel Pearson does the same for the Dragons. Has not been kicking her conversions as well as she usually does. And obviously, she is paired up with Talia fui Mayono, who continues to take strides. In the forwards, it's going to be an absolute belter up front. You've got Elsie Albert up against Sarah Togatuki. You'd assume Elsie will be testing out Sarah's ribs uh, to see how sore they still are. But the battle of dummy halves, for me, in between all the excitement and all the physicality this game will have, Keely Davis for the Dragons, Destiny Brill for the Roosters. To me, this is going to be where this game's won or lost. Whoever can get the best ball, cleanest ball out to their halves as quickly as possible and yet take their chances when they're there in order to run, scoot, get some easy metres, to me is going to go a long way to winning this game. And in the back row, you've got Olivia Koenig for Roosters who's in crazy try scoring form. You've got Kezi Apps and Shaley Bent uh, for the Dragons with Holly Wheeler at lock. Keely Joseph for the Roosters. Like both back rows are incredibly talented and deep, as are the benches, Quincy Dodd, Soliola, McGrath-West and Tugaga for the Dragons, Kelleher, Burton, Hoppawati and Poole for the Roosters. Expect when Kelleher to come on for Destiny Brill. Um, She'll get a breather and then come back on for the last period of the game. When Burton comes on, she played almost like a roving lock role. So have a look and see what Keely Joseph does there? I'm um. I'm going to go the dragons in this one, even though the Roosters have been scoring points for fun. Just the small injury concerns, Togatuki and Surges. Oh, saying this might be a little bit disrespectful, but if they're up against say the the Titans or Parramatta this week, I wouldn't be surprised if they were rested. But I think um, as a club they know how big this game is and want to give themselves the best chance of winning, it's having the most talented players out there. But I think that could be just enough of a niggle, maybe a little bit of self-doubt, and I'm gonna go the Dragons in that one. All right, moving on to Saturday. So at 110, uh, Queensland Derby, Broncos versus Titans. So both teams without a win so far this season. Titans looking better value at this stage. Uh, Broncos have yet to really gel, because they lost a lot of players in the off season. Going to other squads, they had to bring players in like Julia Robinson, uh, Jamie Chapman, uh, LaViana Gould after losing their dummy half. Um, she's not playing this week anyway for the Titans. I was going to say Brown's not there. But they just have not gelled with the players that they brought in yet. They looked a bit flat. They looked a bit almost disinterested. And they were out enthused and outplayed by a classy Roos's outfit last week. So, for the Broncos, Amy Turner is replaced by Shakia Tungai, who play, who will play wing. Jamie Chapton, who's usually wing named at centre um, after playing. Sorry. She played wing week one, fullback week two, and is now playing centre week three. Oh, jeez. Uh, LaViana Gould replaces Nita Maynard at hooker, while Hannah Larson is the new face on the bench. For the Titans, Tasman Gray is named to start her first game of the year after missing the first two rounds through injury, and that's going to be a massive inclusion for the Titans. Uh, Give them some go for it on the edge, also a tackle-breaking threat. Um, Zara Canfield is suspended after taking an early guilty plea for a high tackle in round two, so Gray just slots straight into that spot there. Hegega Mosby has not kicked off uh, as she finished last season with the Broncos. And she forms that center pairing with Ivania Polite, who is so incredibly talented. I think she just needs some early ball this week from Lauren Brown and Braley Nati in the halves. If they can give that to her, it'll go a long way for the Titans to winning this one. And Taryn Aitken has been the Broncos' most outstanding player so far. She needs a bit of support in that back line. Up front, Chelsea Lanaduzi continues to lead the way for the Broncos, as does Stephanie Hancock uh, for the Titans. Three tries already, I believe, for the prop in two games with Georgia Hale in there at lock. I'm going Titans in this one. I've just seen a bit more out of them so far this season than the Broncos. I wouldn't be surprised if Broncos turned it on, considering it's a Queensland rivalry. Um, but it's they're going to have to step up a couple of notches, just not just one, if they want to get a win in this one. And that's at Morton Daly Stadium um, up at Redcliffe. And finally, the last game for the NRLW for round three will be Knights versus Eels. Eels were good value for part of the game last week, uh, but just couldn't hold on. And they were just kind of outplayed in the important moments of the game, leading up towards half time, um, sorry, leading up towards full time, and kind of like midway through the first half when the game was there for them to kind of take by the collar. they found a way to let the Dragons back in and the game ended up slipping away from them. So they'll be wanting to get off the mark against a Knights outfit 2-0 after the big influx of talent in the off-season. Knights have the luxury of naming an unchanged lineup. For the Eels, uh, they are doing the same thing. Although Gail Bruton, their fullback, um, did take a head knock and will be monitored through the week, but they do have till Sunday. So... She should be okay. Uh, keep an eye out, of course, for Jesse Southwell, 17-year-old halfback for the Knights, uh, Tamika Upton at the back, uh, Bobby Law and Shanice Parker in the centres. Uh, we want to have a look. Millie Boyle, um, Caitlin Johnson up front, Clydesdale and Teets on the second row. Like, the team is stacked this year. It's, they've done such a good job with attracting players to the club, getting them in the program, and by all accounts, players are very happy to be there. Uh, For the Eels, Bruton had a cracking game last week. Tiana Penetani, even in a losing side, could have gotten player of the match. It was brilliant. And I need more from both of them. More of the same, sorry, I should say. Um, And a bit more from Kendi Charrington coming off the bench as well. I've got the Knights in this one. Uh, They're playing at McDonald Jones Stadium, so they're at home. Uh, 12 p.m. could be a stinking uh, hot game, but... It is what it is you've played to the conditions so in the nrlw i'm going dragons titans and knights Alrighty. so moving on to the nrl so the game currently underway Parramatta versus storm it is half time eels are up eight nil so some quick changes did occur before kickoff with uh, murata near shifting from the bench to starting lock for Parramatta, and ryan madison going to the bench uh he since came on about halfway through and Cooper Johns came into the squad for Jerome Hughes. Unfortunately he has left the field and is currently still off with a HIA assessment. So Chris Lewis has come off the bench to take his position. I'm just trying to check what the time was for that HIA to depend. That was 26 minutes. So, uh, 36. So technically we have a minute, um, to return to the field or to get clearance, uh, not including half time. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets back on the field. I went eels in this one. Um, they've actually had the Wood over Melbourne in the last, I believe, four matchups. And even in the one that they lost, it's wasn't by much. So I'm just bringing up the form of the two clubs in their head to head battles. And there it is there. Paramount have won each of its last three matches against Melbourne. They've all been close matches. And the most recent one being round three this year, 28-24 win down in Melbourne. It's just something about this game that Parramatta gets up for, and they're looking all right, albeit on the scoreline. I haven't got to see any of the game, obviously, because I'm recording here. But Eels up 8-0. And just a reminder, these guys, these two teams, were coming into this round sitting fourth and fifth, and both two points behind the Cowboys. Now, if the Eels do win, go up to 34 points, they won't, overtake the Cowboys on the ladder due to the four and against. Um, however, if the Sto- Storm do come back and win, they will jump to 34 and jump above Cowboy or Cowboys on four and against. Um, so put a little bit of pressure on the Cowboys to win their game against Penrith uh, later in the weekend. Uh, lots on the line in this because if you finish fourth, obviously you get second chance in the finals. If you're in fifth, you're in the elimination fight basically which as it stands most likely looks as though it's going to be the Raiders however there is still the chance that it could be the Broncos as well all right moving on to second game uh, for the round we've got Bulldogs versus Seagulls now haven't the seasons of both these clubs been a bloody roller coaster Um, Bulldogs starting off horribly sacking a coach Assistant coach takes over the reins. They go on that spurt of wins. Um, they since dropped to, what, three losses, I believe, in the last three games. And Seagull's season has been low, high, very low. And as a Seagull supporter, I f- can find nothing in me to tip my team this week. Uh, we will go through the lineup changes anyway. For the Bulldogs, Luke Thompson was named among the reserves on Tuesday. Buddy dropped out uh, when the squad was cut to 19. And Corey Waddell returns from suspension in the second row. After uh, the Seagulls, Brad Parker dropped out after injuring his hamstring. He's replacing the starting side by Ben Draboyevich. I love Ben, but if Ben Draboyevich is just starting center, there's a lot of issues. Um, James Romanos added to the bench for his NRL debut. Listed as a second rower, has spent time at lock and prop in reserve grade. So a bit of flexibility there for Des Hasler off the bench, albeit... We know he doesn't use his youngsters as much. Now, something they've been calling for since Tom Trubojevic was injured. K.O. Weeks has come into the side and will start at fullback and shift Tolitu Kula to the centres. And that actually makes sense for once. Uh, Andrew Davion, and Dylan Walker joined the starting pack and there's the nonsensical part of it again. So, oh God. Uh, Josh Aloe missed the game on compassionate rounds. Don't worry, Josh, I'm feeling you too. I believe most Manly supporters would miss this game on compassionate grounds as well. So for the Bulldogs, have a look at their backline, Young, um, I'm not going to say talented yet. Uh, they've still got a point to prove some of these players, but obviously Ado O'Carr, Matt Burton and Carl Flanagan have led the way for this back line with Jake Averillo putting his hand up um, in most recent weeks. But they've kind of cooled off a little. Uh, up in the forwards there, like we said, Corey Waddell comes straight into the second row. On the bench, Joe Simpson and Tevita Pangai Jr. after having a monster game in New South Wales Cup last week with some crazy stats that made it look as though it was a men playing amongst boys. So for the Seagulls, they said, of uh, Weeks at fullback, Raymond Vega uh, on the wing, who did not enjoy his game down in Canberra last week, so hopefully a bit better back up in Sydney. Christian Tuipolato on the other wing position. Kieran Foran's final game for Manly, most likely of his career, um, unless he's superhumans his way through two years at the Gold Coast and comes back. Uh, in the pack, you've got Manta Power playing his last game for the club as well, as Andrew Davey, as well as Dylan Walker. So it might be a bit of a feel-good factor giving them all a start there. On the interchange, Josh Schuster, Ethan Bullamore, Kurt DeLewis and James Romanos. Uh, in the reserves, Gordon Chen-Kum-Tong, who is a dummy half, and Zach Fulton. Yeah, I'm going Bulldogs in that one. I will, as a mouse well, I'm least excited to watch uh, K. Week see what he makes of the fullback position, uh, but it's pretty much a meaningless game. The one that everyone will be watching on Friday night will be Roosters versus Rabbitohs. Unfortunately, there is some big names not playing in this one, so both starting wingers for the Roosters... Are out We mentioned Daniel Tupo earlier, but Joe Sawali has also withdrawn to rest a shoulder injury, so Kevin Nagama comes in. Not the worst inclusion, but the way that Sawali has been playing over the last month, the talent that he is, that is a downgrade. Um, Sia at Takiaho joins the starting side, as does Paul Momorowski, to fill those holes. Fletcher Baker and Terrell May, the new faces on the bench, Latrell Mitchell missed training on Monday, expected to play. Jackson Paulo replaces Campbell Graham in the centres. So, new look ish backlines for the Roosters to Descott fullback. Momorowski and Nagama on the wings with Drew Hutchinson and Joseph Manu in the centres. Luke Keary, Sam Walker in halves. Uh, up front, no changes in the pack outside of Takiahu in a lock. And then the two inclusions on the bench. Oliver Gildart and Adam Kieran listed in the reserves. So, Gildart is a centre. Adam Kieran has played center and 5'8". Uh, they've got Drew Hutchinson at center at the moment, maybe a late change there, we'll see. For the Rabbits, Tane Milne, that's oh, pretty much a non-change backline from named earlier in the week. Same with the forward pack, Silvila Harvili, although has come in for Damian Cook, massive downgrade there. They're going to lose a lot of speed in and around the ruck as well as service. So that will be interesting. Uh, Peter Mazumazoulis, Mark Nichols, Hamisele and Michael Cheekham make up a pretty sizable bench for the Rabbits. I don't think it's going to be enough though. I think the losses for the Rabbits end up greater than the losses for the Roosters just based on the depth of players coming in. Uh, Again, on that one, possibilities, ramifications Sorry, the result. Both on 30 points. Uh, Both, whoever wins will have the chance to overtake Eels in fifth position. Albeit, you'll still be in the elimination final, but it won't be at Combank Stadium. Um, That's if Eels do lose to the Storm. So there is still some things up in the air in that one. All right. I'm just having a refresh of the game there, seeing if there's been any updates. First game on Saturday, Titans and Warriors over in New Zealand. So it's great for the Warriors to finish the season in a home game. So... From injury and for their final game of the year, Sean Johnson returns, Ewan Aiken returns, Jesse Arthurs returns, Wade Egan returns. Marcelo Montoya and Rocco Berry withdrew on Thursday and replaced in the back line by Viliami Valia and Edward Cosey, two of their bright sparks of the season. For so the Titans, Philip Samuel returns, and Cleese Haas is expected to play off the bench. For his NRL and Titans debut? So for the Warriors, Reese Walsh will be playing his final game for the club as well, as Chanel Harris-Tavita, who we know is taking an indefinite break from Rugby League. Uh, in the forward pack there, no changes. Uh, ben mert Wasilla, Lisi Katoa, Tom Ale, and Freddie Lussig all in the interchange. For the Titans, after their entertaining win, we'll say, over the Knights last week, we know that they can score points. Should be a high-scoring game. Uh, Philip Sammy said comes in at center. Jojo Fafita retains his position, albeit at center. Um, in the forward pack, Paul Turner is on the interchange with Cleese Haas, Jared Wallace missing out, um, as does Jermaine Asako, Sam Lassoni, and Toby Sexton. This one's a flip of the coin, eh? honestly. Um, I'm gonna have a look at our betting odds we should have covered earlier anyway. Bulldogs $1.50, Seagulls $2.60, Roosters $1.85, Rabbits $1.95, Warriors $1.54, $2.50 for the Titans. Probably the best value so far that we've seen because Titans can definitely win this one based on their performance last week and the Warriors' previous couple. Although it is travelling across to New Zealand for a game that's virtually meaningless, um, whether they'll be there psychologically is yet to be determined. Alright, another game with no ramifications for one team, but Definitely some for the other. We have Dragons versus Broncos Saturday at Jubilee Stadium, 5.30. Anthony Grubin has named the same 17. That beat the West Tigers last week. Uh, Andrew McCulloch has been listed amongst the reserves and could be a late inclusion for Jaden Hunt, so keep an eye out there. Adam Reynolds, we mentioned, has been named. If he is ruled out, man will come into the side after being named in the reserves in place of Tyson Gamble. Tom Flegner, Selwyn Cobo, we mentioned are both looking to play. Rhys Kendik was a midweek inclusion taking the place of Corey Jensen. So the Dragon showed a bit last week um, in the last maybe what, 10 minutes or so, but it was a pretty dismal game against the Tigers overall from both sides. Uh, great to see Jaden Sullivan retain his position at dummy half. So even if McCulloch comes in, hopefully it's on the bench. So Sullivan gets another crack and they've got Talatau Amone starting as well. Um, uh, still, Tyrell Fumiano there on the bench, uh, Josh Kerr named in the reserves as well, and for the Broncos, sorry, someone Kobe back in on the wing, Tyson Gamble is named at the moment at 5'8", um, with Ezra Mann in the reserves, oof, hard to read. Uh, any other changes here? Zach Hosking has been quite impressive for the Broncos in his limited game time and he will retain his bench position. Like, Broncos have something to play for here, whereas the Dragons really don't. Um, Dragons can't move up on the ladder. They can't move down on the ladder, despite any other results. Uh, whereas the Broncos, if they do win, they will move to 30 points. But if the Raiders then win, um... They'll be on 30 points also, and Raiders have a superior for and against. So if the Broncos do win, they need to win big um, to cover themselves if the Raiders also win. So it's Broncos are basically playing for a win and a Raiders loss, and that's the way that they'll get into the finals. I still don't see them beating the Dragons, even with that on the line. Not because the Dragons were brilliant last week, but the Broncos have just been so bad. Uh, I can't see them winning this one away from home especially with the comments made through the week by a Gamble. All right, what could have been a, just for odds there, $2.35 for St. George to $1.60 uh, for the Broncos. So I like those odds there for Illawarra. What could have been the match of the round if other results had gone certain ways in the last couple of weeks? Could have had a first versus second game. That meant something. Not to be the case. Penrith have wrapped up the minor premiership a couple of weeks back. So it's Cowboys at home wanting to stop this stuttering form that has taken over in the last month or so. I believe they're on a win-loss, win-loss sort of pace at the moment. Um, they're obviously wanting to nip that in the bud as quick as they can. A couple of notes on this one. They've won each of their last 11 matches as a favorite. Uh, so they're obviously going to be wanting to continue that streak. It's $1.15 for North Queensland at $5.50. For Penrith, probably the furthest outside Penrith have been for a game in, I'd say, close to three years. That is due to all the players that they are resting. So for the Cowboys, pretty strong lineup. Uh, Tom Didden is listed among the reserves after following surgery for his ruptured testicle. If he is included, Hamaseo Fido would drop back to the bench. Penrith have rested 13 players. Uh, Debutants Tom Jenkins, Liam Henry and Jack Cole get a run. Um... Suni Taruva uh, has done really well to catch people's attention, just especially in a squad that doesn't really turn players over, considering how successful they are. in the chances that he's had, he's looked really impressive. So Liam Martin has been named among the reserves, but he's not expected to play. Uh, I'm not going to go through the Cowboys lineup because it is pretty similar as what we've seen. Kurt Falls and Sean O'Sullivan. Uh, retain their positions in the halves as they've been playing together most of the season when Luai and Cleary have been out. Jermaine Hop- Hopgood comes in for a start as does Scott Sorensen and Chris Smith who have all been in, the, in and out the NRL side this year. Mitch Kenny starts at dummy half. Matt Eisenhuth up front at prop with Sony Luke. Sony Luke getting another rung on the interchange. I'm going Cowboys uh, just based literally on the lineup and they need to play themselves in, back into a little bit of form. Uh, all right, first game on Sunday, Knights versus Sharks at McDonald Jones Stadium. Uh, for the Knights, Anthony Milford is out with a rib injury, so he's played his last game for the Knights. Phoenix on starts at 5'8". Chris Randall joins the bench alongside new-facing Jack Johns. Matt Croker moves into the starting side with Suaso Sue dropping out. Dale Finucane for the Sharks, listed among the reserves. He returns from a rib cartilage injury. Depending on the result of the Cowboys-Penrith game the night before, Cronella may choose to rest a representative forward until the finals, along with Connor Tracy. So, what they're saying there is if Cowboys do lose somehow, and it does happen, um, sorry, if they do win, the Cowboys will jump up onto 36 points, the same as the Sharks. Again, okay, put a little bit of extra pressure on the Sharks because Cowboys do have the better for and against. Sharks would then have to win in order to retain the second position, get the home final, make Cowboys fly to them. Uh, if Sharks do lose this one, the Cowboys win, Sharks would be traveling to Townsville. So there is a, a bit there on the line for the Sharks as well, hence their lineup being still pretty strong. Uh, for the Knights here, Alungi, uh, Tex Hoy continue to get starting roles. They both looked impressive in my opinion. Um, I think Tex Hoy's shown enough in the latter half of the season to show that there is a player there and hopefully a couple of years in the Super League with a bit more freedom may bring a bit more of it out in him. Um, similar to, say, Jackson Hastings, we'll see. Uh, up front, David Klemmer, Daniel Saifidi, and in the back row, Tyson Frizzell, Ray Jones, Matt Croker, and Jack Johns, as we mentioned on the interchange. For the Sharks, Lockie Miller at fullback. Uh, I like that. Renato Militello, Matt Icovalu on the wings. Matt Moylan and Nico Hines in the halves. And then Wade Graham, Cam McInnes, and Brighton Acora form in a very formidable back row. I've got Sharks in this one <clears throat> all day, every day. Uh, they'll want to lock up that second position. They don't want to travel to Townsville in the first week of the finals. All right, uh, that brings us to West Tigers. I'll just get some odds on that one for you first um, before we look at West Tigers versus Raiders. To I believe finish off the weekend yes so Knights five fifty Sharks dollar fifteen it's final game West Tigers three seventy five Canberra Raiders dollar twenty eight Ken is back on the wing for the Tigers and Luke Garner has been named at center in his return from a head knock both players are expected to play Tamau will return from one game suspension ridiculous call of turn it over based on him being a good good fella probably um, I'd say would be the basis of that overturning. Abbott Hoppawati goes the 18th man for the Raiders with Kotrick coming back in. If the Broncos lose to the Dragons, Canberra may choose to rest players with a top eight spot uh, locked in, basically. Uh, obviously, if the Broncos get up, Canberra may... Well, Canberra will go ahead with the squad that's been selected. Uh, West Tigers will... Yeah, I'm just going to say they will. They'll get their first wooden spoon in club history. Even if they do win, the Titans being two points above, above them, you'd need Tigers to win by something like 40 and need the Titans to lose by something like 40. So points differential is oh, what's that? 75 points uh, difference. So technically it's possible, but improbable. For the Raiders, I said uh, Kotrick comes in on the wing. Outside of that, it's pretty much their full strength backline from this season uh, in the Fords. Hudson Young in the tri scoring form that he is, and he will form part of a multi for Knicks picks in a second, and one of the biggest benches in the league in Haueranaira, Horsbratt and Gula, and then also Tom Starling there, the little jockey. I've got Canberra in this one pretty handily. Uh, $1.28 favourites there to the West Tigers, $3.75. And while we're on that one, and if you hadn't seen, our previous episode was called Wally's Wallet because he has raked in super amounts of money over the last couple of weekends. And his pick this week, and he can't believe the odds that they're still providing for Hudson Young to be an anytime try scorer of over $3. So he's got Hudson Young and Bo or both anytime try scorers. And that comes in at, he's boosted it up he's got a booster from $9.30 to ten thirty-three, dollars And considering he's so far in front, let's just give him the $9.30, which is still crazy good odds. And he's putting a $37.50 stake on that. $37.50, which would be a payout of $387.49. And that's actually half of my multi as well. I didn't go the Hudson Young. I did go the Beau Furmore. And I'm pairing him with the St. George Illawarra to get the victory. So, Bow Formal, Anytime try score us. St. George Illawarra for the win. Uh, gives odds of $6.93. I'm putting a tenner on that. So, that'll be a payoff of $69.83. And as always, gamble responsibly. All right, that is six again, round 25 preview. NRLW, round three preview. Uh, good luck. For those teams fighting for finals positions, bad luck to supporters of bottom eight sides like Jared Wall and myself. Um, Enjoy the final round and we'll see you for a wrap up and a preview of the finals next week. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio.